Welcome back, folks, to Make Mine Multiversity, a Marvel podcast. This is our uh, same bat stuff, but different bat time. I guess that's the wrong. I guess that's the wrong universe. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Whatever. Uh, this is our first episode at our uh, new time over at Multiversity, the third Friday of the month. Just in time to tell you that, yes, indeed, John Wayne is a racist. How did you not know that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Jesus internet. So by the time this episode comes out on Friday, that joke is going to be ancient. But since we're here, we can do that. Uh, For all you folks uh, coming to us for the first time, we're a Marvel podcast covering all the best news, reviews, and whatnot for uh, the month of February. Uh, If you're coming to us from Apple Podcasts, take a moment, subscribe, rate, review us, let us know what you think. Uh, and then head on over to multiversitycomics.com where we're hosted. Multiversity Comics is your home for all the best comic book news reviews, so on and so forth. It is a wonderful place to spend 15 minutes of your day reading some shit and then maybe longer if you want to, whatever. Um, but we're here to talk about some of the news that come, has come out the last uh, uh, three weeks of, uh, of February since the last time that we uh we got together in January. Also, my name's Kevin. I guess I should have said that. Usually I said that. Usually I'm on the ball better. I'm Kevin. With me as usual are Jess and Nick. Nick, Jess, how are y'all doing this fine this fine evening? Snowing where I'm at. And snowing here too. Oh man, snow it's sucks. Not, it's not snowing <laughs> down here. Lucky you. <laughs> got fucking Florida. Damn it. All right. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're gonna jump right in. So first off, on the uh, on the the news news cycle here, the uh, the twenty four hour news cycle, or the very very slow twenty four hour news cycle, uh, Marvel has announced uh, f- mar- four new adult animated shows um, in conjunction with uh, with Hulu, with uh, with streaming service Hulu. Uh, Marvel previously has had Runaways on Hulu, which you can check out um, a bunch of reviews for Runaways that Jess is doing over at Multiversity Comics. Um, But the uh, four uh, shows that Marvel is debuting on Hulu in the coming whenever, we don't have a timeline, are a a MODOK show, executive produced by Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswalt, who will voice MODOK, a Hitmonkey show, which I didn't even know who or what that was and had to look it up. Some kind of... Um, monkey thing that's trained by a ghost of an American assassin to kill people. Apparently it debuted in a Deadpool comic, which makes sense. It's going to be show run by the guys who directed Blades of Glory. There's going to be a Tigra and Dazzler show. So they're, you know, best friends hanging out in LA doing stuff. It's going to be show run by comedian Chelsea Handler. And then also Erica Rivinojo from shows like Last Man on Earth and South Park. And then a Howard the Duck show. Uh, show run by your fave and mine, Kevin Smith, and Aqua Teen Hunger Force co-creator Dave Willis. All of these sh- will lead into an animated special called The Offenders, not the uh, the Defenders. You know, Get that, catch that wordplay. All that that wasn't really a good joke. I don't make good jokes. Anywho, um, all right, we're gonna go to Jess first. What are your uh, your thoughts on this? Uh, all these fun Marvel animated show thingies? I'm going to be totally honest here. I am a huge fan of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, 
So, I mean, I don't really like Kevin Smith, but I kind of love Dave Willis. So, I kind of want to watch that Howard the Duck show. Um, I have a terrible sense of humor. Um, and I also, like, my favorite comedy probably of all time is, is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is not... I hey. love that show, and it's really funny to me, but I get why that's not a funny show to a lot of people. Um, so that's kind of where I come from, I guess, with a lot of my humor. Um, I'm not a huge Rick and Morty fan, I gotta be honest, which it feels like this is kind of like Marvel doing Rick and Morty. So I don't know if that's gonna work. But I'm kind of excited. I kind of want to watch that Howard the Duck show, and I kind of love Dazzler. So I want to watch that too. I mean, I've got a Hulu subscription, and it's like the the one of the few like streaming services that I haven't given up on. So um, I'm probably gonna watch these. I'm, I'm not. I mean, they're gonna be like what 20 minutes each. I'm probably gonna watch each episode of these of these of uh, these four shows. Well, five because of the the uh, offenders. So yeah, I I don't know if they're gonna be good, but I, I'm I'm gonna watch them. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Nick, what about, what about you? What are your, what are your thoughts on? uh... Uh, Yeah. So this is uh, one of those news items where as soon as I saw it pop up, I had to check the calendar, check the date to make sure that it wasn't April fool's day. Um, Ah, Good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do that more and more often uh, because the craziest things are happening. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I'll probably watch the first episode of each one. Uh, I, I like animation a lot. I like comedy a lot. But I tend to not be huge on adult animated comedies, which is weird. <laughs> I Yeah, I like I've never been huge on like Family Guy or South Park or Bob's Burgers or any of those sorts of shows. Um, but I'll definitely check them out. I mean... <laughs> It's definitely going to be interesting, if nothing else. You know else. what, though? That's fair, because, like, a lot of adult animation kind of relies, like, they're they're kind of, at least, like, a lot of the modern ones all are kind of derivative of Family Guy and South Park anyway, so a lot of the humor is, is very similar. There's, like, a few exceptions that are kind of different. Like, I think Archer is very much, like, its own thing, even though the last couple seasons haven't been very funny. Um, but that's another adult... That's run by another Adult Swim... Uh, early Adult Swim alumni. Um, uh, but, mm-hmm. like, most of it is always derivative of, like, those two shows. Like, Archer and I would say Bob's Burgers are, like, two big exceptions. I think they, they have, like, their own voice. But a most adult... Like, most adult animation is just, like... Well, let's just riff on something that was on that was popular on Twitter, and then like three years from now, the episode is like goes right over your head if you didn't remember that reference. So, um, yeah, I, I get yeah. like where you're coming from with that. Like, that's totally fair. Just like the 13 year olds who listen to this podcast won't remember that people were making fun of John Wayne <laughs> three days ago. This week. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know they were doing that today. <laughs> oh man, Nick, Nick, you gotta, Nick, you gotta, you gotta, be, you gotta get more online here. Okay, look, listen, let me break it down for you. Apparently, the internet <laughs> did not know that John Wayne was trash, and someone just posted some oh, yeah. interview from Playboy. Now everyone's like, oh my god, did you know John Wayne was trash? Yes, Public Enemy told me that John Wayne mm-hmm. was trash, so I've known. <laughs> yeah, he. 
He was in that really racist Genghis Khan movie. How did you not know? I mean, that should have told you everything right there. Yeah. Anyway. Was he Genghis Khan? Did he use he yellow face? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes, oh, really? Yes. It's, that was a guess. Yeah. It's, yes. That, <laughs> yeah. was, that was a thing that happened, and it is embarrassing for everyone involved. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um Agree, but Nick, to your to your point about um, about not liking a lot of adult uh, like animated shows or whatever, I feel like I feel like these this this screams more like more like Rick and Morty, BoJack Horseman kind of humor type stuff than it does like Family Guy, The Simpsons, South Park. Oh shit, I forgot kinda. about BoJack. I'm so sorry, BoJack. That's a great show. <laughs> That's a great never show. Watched it. Yeah. That's a very good show. Yeah. This this screams more in line with like like dark, like dark sad adult humor, which like and Family Guy is just like w- w- weird misogynistic adult humor. Um, that might that might be me. So I'm like kind of looking forward to, to 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 these. I mean, I'm ready for Howard the Duck to like pee his pants or whatever it is that Kevin Smith's gonna make him do. Um, <laughs> what if Howard the Duck is just Master Shake but a duck? Ooh. Like I I will I will I will like that will be my favorite show ever. Like Master Shake is basically just me if I had no self-control. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. So like that oh man, Howard the Duck with a little Master Shake thrown in. Like how much influence is Kevin Smith going to have on the script? That's what that's what's going to decide that yeah. for me. I mean, he's he's showrunning, so probably a lot, I would think. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be bad. Tiger Tiger and Dazzler Dazzler's going to be like Harvey Birdman attorney at law and just like with ladies. <gasps> I love that show. Um, <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, yeah. I guess my, my follow-up question too is because uh, so, so these were announced and then sort of immediately, and we've known that this was kind of coming. Um, the Punisher and Jessica Jones have both been canceled on Netflix. Uh, Jessica Jones, the third season comes out, I think in March. Um, so soonish. Uh, and then they're not, they, those will not both not get another season. Um, we kind of knew that all the Netflix shows were kind of getting canned and, they might end up, you know, moving over to the Disney streaming service or whatever. Perhaps people have said that. We don't know. Um, but my question is, would you rather have had those shows continue or have these animated shows that Marvel's now doing with Hulu? Do something weird. I'm always down for weirder new things than I am for, like, something that I don't watch anyway. Because <laughs> I never watched the Netflix shows. That's fair. So you're into kinky new things, not old exactly. whatever rope. Got it. Got it. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Jess, what do you think? Yeah, same. I, I'm, I'd rather just have the new stuff because I did watch a lot of those Netflix shows and I regret many things. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. You regret making it through Iron Fist? Oh my God. That was the longest like three weeks of my life. <laughs> because <laughs> it ran for three weeks yeah. oh i had to keep watching it and then stop and write <laughs> about it and it was like how many times can i say this show sucks before people are just like okay we get it you know it's like the opportunities that were missed with those netflix shows like even if they kept them going i don't think you can get them you can get those opportunities back so it's like it's better off to just be done i mean i kind of feel bad for jessica jones though because that show wasn't so bad as far as like the other ones go. And it's like, it's they already told us it's canceled before the season even debuts. So it's like, you know, they're not going to really hype it at all. It's just going to hit Netflix and that's going to be it, which is a shame. 
That is, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, they, they've canceled it before before it's it started. So yeah, there probably won't be a lot of publicity for it. So it's just gonna kind of die, and and then that's gonna be it, and then people will forget about it. Um, that is kind of that sucks. That sucks for those shows. I mean, they had a lot of they had a lot of wonderful potential. Some of the execution, not not as wonderful. Um, I think I think we're gonna go three for three here. I would rather have the the weird fun shit. Um than I would suffer through another 10 hour movie. Um, but cool. Uh, any other thoughts on, uh, on Marvel's uh, television plans? It is kind of interesting that they moved basically one agreement from Netflix now to like another sort of like very similar agreement that they're also making fun of with like a title, like the offenders to Hulu, um, especially with like Disney getting its own streaming service and, like the Loki, that Loki show and that Scarlet Witch vision show and that Falcon winter soldier show thing coming out. But I don't know. Cool. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. 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 Yep. 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 Cuckoo. Cuckoo. No doubt. No doubt. Um. All right. So moving right along. Uh, Marvel has announced a new ongoing series that begin in May called the Savage Avengers written by Jerry Duggan, illustrated by Mike Diodato with covers by David Finch. This is the Killy Killy Stab Stab Avengers team. Consists of Elektra, Wolverine, I guess he's returned, uh, Punisher, Brother Voodoo, Venom, and fucking Conan the Barbarian. Um, Because <laughs> Marvel has decided that Conan Conan's going to be in everything now. Conan's going to get some some Conan cereal and some, some Conan uh, coasters. And you can get some Conan in your comics in your Marvel comics and some Conan in your Conan comics and some Conan in your, uh, in your coffee. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, so the series is going to spin out of uh, Duggan and Diodato's uh, free comic book day contribution to the, um, to Marvel, one of Marvel's uh, free comic book day issues and Avengers uh, issue, which, the main story is going to be written by Jason Aaron and Stefano Caselli. I guess it'll probably set up the next phase of uh, Aaron's Avengers run following uh, War of the Realms. Should also mention Marvel and their second uh, free comic day title is a is a Spider-Man uh, Venom title with a main Spider-Man story from Tom Taylor and Saladin Ahmed with art by Corey Smith. That looks like it's going to pit Peter and Miles against one another and then a Venom backup by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. Um but Nick, we'll start with you. What are your initial thoughts on the uh, Killy Killy Stab Stab Avengers? Uh, I am actually like I don't have any negative opinions about it. Um, when it was first announced, like Kevin, you and I like texted a little. Um, I, I really I see nothing wrong with adding Conan to this. I mean, at the end of the day, he's just like another character that you're adding to the mix. Um, so I don't. I don't really see why people are so offended by that. And I said he sort of fills the same role that a character like Ares did in like Bendis's Mighty Avengers. Um, so I don't. Which this the counter argument is why not just put Ares in there? Well, I mean because Conan is the hot thing right now. So you know how is Conan like, the why hot not? thing right now? <laughs> because they acquired yeah. it, and then people are like, "Oh my god, Conan!" So you know that's how hot things happen. <laughs> I guess, but Conan shows on TBS now. It's not even on a major network. Oh my like, why god! Is, <laughs> <a little hot. laughs> 
Uh, oh no, not oh. not Conan, Conan the Avenger, or the Barbarian, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> I, un- I understand. Wait, so how is it pronounced? Is it Conan or Conan? I, I genuinely don't know. I think both. I always get confused because I think that one of them is the show host, and then one of them is the character. <laughs> Mysteries of life. Uh, yeah. Um, so if my somebody wants to consult the internet. They're they're more than welcome to. But. So my no. my other initial thought was um, it looks and I haven't read it, so I could be speaking completely out of turn here. But it looks a little bit like Uncanny X Force, which was a pretty big hit, if I remember, like at least critically. And yeah, again, I've never read it, but it looks like it's in that same sort of tone, that same uh, sort of general idea. And yeah, I mean, if a book like that can pull it off, then this one might be able to also. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and I'm not, I'm not like a like a like a Conan purist or or anything. I've never read a Conan book in in my life, and. Um, I guess I should rectify that because Marvel has them now, but uh, not today. Um, I just think it's, I just think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting and, and fascinating that um, they're, uh, they're taking this character that has like their own universe basically. And then adding and transplanting them into this, these universes, like with all of their other established characters. And I understand that Conan was um, a character that existed in Marvel comics at one point, back when they had the license the first time. Uh, it just it just is interesting to me. Um, and I I personally uh, I haven't read Uncanny X-Force 2, but I I think I think that's a that's a very apt comparison. Um, I'm not a huge Mike Diodato fan. So I think for that reason, I'm not like super on board with this. But that might be me. Jess, what do you what do you think about the uh, the Killy Killy Stab Stab? I, I don't I'm, I'm actually like super not into it. So I don't have like a lot to say. I, I don't think I'm going to read it unless like we do it for the podcast. I'm not, I'm not going to read it. It's just, I don't really care like about Conan that much. And I don't really, I don't know. I don't think it's, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's like my kind of book. So pass. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. You don't want to see, you don't see Wolverine and, and Conan stab each other. I mean, is a he lot. finally back? Like, is that is that like a thing that has finally happened? Are we done like with all those like many many tie-ins? Or are we done with that? Is he back? The last issue of Return of Wolverine what came out came out this week, I guess, and he's been in Uncanny, so I think he's like back back, and then that other like cosmic version is also around. <laughs> so I guess yes is the answer, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. He's in War of the Realms, so. Yeah, maybe. Good for him. All right. Good, Good for, for him. him. Good, Good for him. him. I do have a question. Is this the first time that Punisher's been an Avenger? Uh, I just no. Think that's funny. no. No. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I okay. might be wrong, but my gut tells me no. Hmm. Have, have to research. I'd imagine. That. Like, on one hand, I'd imagine no, and that's why this is kind of a big deal. But at the same time, I feel like in some comic in the 90s when he was at, like, peak popularity, he probably could have been part of some random small team for a few issues. 
that's why I say no, because I think he might have been like, like I think he might have been on some like random team at some point, like New Avengers or Dark Avengers or some nonsense Avengers that they made up. So, mm-hmm. which technically yeah. killy 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 stab stab Avengers, which does technically count. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, he was not in Mighty or New from what I've read. And I read the majority of it. Mm. Or Dark. He wasn't in Dark either. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know either. The pot thickens. I just think it's funky. Um, that's really it. That's all I got. That's the tweet. Um, it wasn't really a tweet. We're on a podcast. Okay. Cool. Send podcast. Send podcast. Um, uh, and I still got to edit this after this. Ah, uh, oh, okay. So moving right along, uh, we got some more uh, War of the Realms fun stuff coming out. So uh, we'll break this up into pieces and sort of respond uh, after every little bit because I have a feeling that Nick's going to catchphrase some things. Um, oh, should we introduce that? No, we we did it. We did a last okay. episode. You're just going to. Can I give like a just a 10 second? You, you, yes. Okay. Would love that. So last episode I started, if I have nothing to say, because I realized that I don't have a lot to say about a lot of things, I'm just going to use a random catchphrase and that's it. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity. So, so first off, uh, Marvel announced, um, three were the realms strike force one shots seem to, they seem to sort of be like the sort of like main tie-in one-shot things that Marvel does, like when events happen. So they seem to kind of, I think are going to be taking place during like issues three and four or during issues three and four of War of the Realms. So we have um, the Dark Elf Realm one-shot written by Brian Hill, illustrated by Leno Yu, um, team of She-Hulk, Punisher, Blade, Ghost Rider, and and Lady Freya. Uh, they're trying to destroy the the Black Bifrost, which is, a I guess, apparently how Malekith's been getting around the... Uh, the, the 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 realms and things we have strike force the war avengers written by um dennis hallam dennis hopeless hallam hallam's his real last name he's trying to, to 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 change his writing name back to his real name so kudos to that uh and then art by kim jacinto team of weapon h who i thought we were never going to see again captain britain venom deadpool winter soldier black widow and captain marvel fighting some big Malekith's armies things all over earth and then strike force the land of the giants written by tom taylor illustrated by jorge molina a team of captain america spider-man wolverine luke cage and iron fist going to rescue thor from new jotunheim uh so nick we'll start with you what are your thoughts on strike forcey things welcome to the oc bitch (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my god good wonderful i like it i like it uh jess what about what about you um you said that the writer was brian hill right i did okay that's pretty cool it's cool that he's getting work like at big publishers i do yeah well he's also announced that he's leaving comics now oh (laughs) (laughs) a few weeks ago he he said that he's leaving comics so he can work in tv more Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his Batman and the Outsider series was just re <clears throat> excuse me, just rescheduled and it's finally coming out, but he's going to be off of it after an arc probably. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion. I am. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I did. I did see that. it was like right before the 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 turn of the new year or whatever. Um, I imagine that he'll spend like part of 2019 doing some things, and I would imagine this thing was probably lined up. Well, he ended up writing back, like but... a full like he was on the writing team for like a full season of Ash the the Evil Dead show. So, yeah, yeah, he oh, did okay. the, the the last season of the show because they didn't they didn't pick that up, but he did like the last season. Okay, he wrote one or two episodes mm-hmm, of Titans. Mm-hmm. And are they making... They were not as bad as the other episodes. Okay. Uh, are they making a Postal show? I heard they were. I are heard they? that I'm that was sure still that in is. the works, and that's a really interesting okay. concept anyway, so I would kind of watch that show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he definitely has some sort of things that he's working on, so good for him. <laughs> There's a lot more money Hulu, in TV. Hulu is developing a Postal series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Hulu. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Moving on. Um, the, there's a War of the Realms uh, new Agents of Atlas tie-in. That's four issues. This is actually kind of cool. I'm excited about this. Uh, written by Greg Pak, illustrated by Gang Hyuk Lim. Uh, it's four issues. It's a um, and uh, a team of um, all of uh, uh, Marvel's uh, prominent Asian characters. So Amadeus Cho gets all these people together. Uh, it consists of uh, him, Shang Chi, Silk, Miss Marvel, Jimmy Woo, and then uh, three characters from Marvel's um, mobile uh, future future fight game. Um, so uh, those are Luna Snow, and then Crescent and Io, and then three uh, new characters that are going to debut in this series. So two tonight, two new Chinese heroes named Arrow and Swordmaster, and a Filipino um, heroine named Wave. Uh, so Jess, we'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on on Agents of? It of looks Atlas pretty stuff? cool. I might read it. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because because Pac had that arc on Totally Awesome Hulk when he was still writing that series. Uh, that was like his sort of like all um, like all Asian team. It was like Hulk and. It was Amadeus Cho and um, and I think Shang Chi and and Miss Marvel and Silk and that was just a fun arc and it was fun that all those characters got to appear in a comic together. Um, so I think that's just this is exciting. It's fun. It's sort of in the spirit of the original Agents of Atlas. Um, so yeah, Nick, what about what about you? What are your thoughts? Dynamite. Oh my god. Dynamite. <laughs> I tried Dino to say Mai. that with an like in the way, but it it didn't work. Oh, it's so but... good. <laughs> Womp, 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 womp. Um, cool, cool. A few more things. We're getting a War of the Realms uh, Giant Man three issue miniseries, uh, written by Leah Williams, illustrated by Marco Castillo. Uh, it's all of the giant men going undercover as frost giants, um, as spies. So, uh, Raz, Raz Mahotra, the new giant man, Tom Fowler, who's Goliath, Scott Lang, and then Atlas, um, Nick thoughts on on giant man spies real americans do not do this oh my god (laughs) what's that from just like a general alex jones type thing oh okay okay that makes sense that makes sense that seems like like the sign off for infowars (laughs) real americans do not do real americans don't read comics Is that that's how you true. feel about this, Jess? That's true. Yes. 
There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Leah Williams, so I'll save that for later. But that's <laughs> I like Leah Williams, so maybe I'll read this. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Leah Williams, and it, it just seems like a fun, fun comedic War of the Realms tie-in thing. Um, okay, Spider-Man in the League of Realms, written by Sean Ryan, illustrated by Nico Leone. Nick. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> that one actually uh, seems appropriate. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back that one up. <laughs> fair, fair, yeah. And then lastly, uh, and and this, this is this, this one's kind of interesting too. Uh, Gail Simone uh, is taking over Tony Stark Iron Man for two issues with artist uh, Paolo Vianella, um, and she's never written Iron Man before. It's a fun, you know, Iron Man tie into War of the Realms thing. Uh, this also kind of comes on the back of Jim Zub sort of taking over with Dan Slott as his co-writer on Tony Stark Iron Man because the book keeps getting delayed because Slott can't write two books at the same time. Um, but Jess, what do you think about about Simone writing a, an Iron, Iron Man, at least briefly? I think I'm going to actually read that one. I am a fan of Gail Simone. She's pretty cool. So and she remembered <laughs> me once at a con, so... <laughs> yeah, that's cute. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. All right. Good. Good. Nick, what about what about you? Go ahead. Make my day. Oh my god. I th- did. I not just do that. You're getting to talk to me. Is this not making your day? You did. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I do just want to point out at this point that um, this is uh, Marvel's keeping keeping their promise on bringing back big events. There are 25 issues either of war of the realms, like the two issues that are coming out in may or tying into it um, in the month of may alone, like 25 single issues. Of that is war of the realms related more than that is more books than DC wants to put out in their superhero line period. Yeah. Cause they're like trying to go down to exactly. 22 supposedly. Exactly. I no. mean, yeah. I mean, like not to go too far off, but Valiant only has a few titles, and like their stuff is like super tight and like really easy to get into. So maybe that's not so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of the comic book industry is is calling down in twenty nineteen. Marvel's like, how can we put this shit in the express lane and just like keep putting out stuff as quickly and as ridiculously as possible? I did notice too that like all the issues of War of the Realms are four ninety nine a piece, even though all of them are also thirty two pages. So not even you're not even getting more content. Wow. They'll stick you're... like one page of like thumbnails in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, one last thing, Nick. You'll be excited about this. It got buried in the solicits. I don't think that we got an announcement about it, but X Men Grand Designs coming back. Oh, oh cool. I <laughs> saw yeah, I saw this before. I sent y'all the outline. It is the third one. Yeah. What's the, he the covering? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The solicit says the series that has critics and fans raving re- returns for its final installment. The ruination of the X-Men revisited relive the now classic storylines like mutant massacre it's, and the fall of the mutants. It's pretty cool. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it reads for like casual fans, but like if you, are like really invested in the X-Men and you've read a lot of the old stuff. It's kind of cool seeing him streamline it all into like one story, but it very much reads like a summary, which isn't so bad because his art is great and the way he does it is kind of cool, but 
I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. It's weird. It's it's a cool project, and I'm glad he did it. I'm just I I don't know how it reads for the more casual fan. Yeah, I'm, I definitely, as far as X Men is concerned, for me at this point, I'm that sort of casual fan, and I it comes off as a little disjointed at times because like a lot of the time he'll try to do like an entire issue in one page or one panel. And sometimes it just feels like he's going from like beat to beat to beat to beat, as opposed to telling a full story. But his craft is just so good. Oh, he does everything by hand. He's so great. Like his lettering is by hand. Like it's, it's fantastic. I think what the whole thing with grand design was, what I think it was supposed to do is it's like, it's like Marvel saying, Here's our entire, like, don't read Wikipedia, just buy Grand Design. This is all the stuff that we think is, like, the X-Men timeline. Well, I, yeah. I remember I watched, uh, I follow uh, Ed Piskor on uh, Instagram, and he did a live stream once where he was going through, like, all of his New Mutants issues, and at the end, once he, like, flipped through all of them, he said, all right, so I'm going to spend the next few days rereading all of these, just let them, like, simmer around in my brain a little bit. And then uh, I'll get to like planning out how I'm going to put it on the paper. And I thought that was really cool. I think that because when it was first announced, he said it was going to be three different two issue minis and each one would be double sized. Um, And yeah, so this was the plan from the beginning. And he was planning to go from the very beginning until I think like 91, uh, somewhere around there. So he he's had the whole thing planned out from the beginning and I don't think that it was really Marvel who was deciding what he was doing. I think this is just what he wants to do, which is obviously so unlike anything else that Marvel does, like these 25 issues of War of the Realms, which are clearly editorially yeah. mandated. Which are clearly things that Marvel yeah. does. And yeah, wants Grand, to do. Grand Design <laughs> yeah. is really cool. It's just, it's, it's weird because like what it is is so weird, but it's such a cool piece of art to look at. And I, he's very much like an old school guy. So like he doesn't even read like the current stuff. Like he's very much like a early nineties guy and, and back. So it's like kind of weird and interesting watching him create like these comics without much knowledge of like what's going on now, which like, that's a whole different discussion to have, but it's, it's interesting watching him do it. And like, yeah, he because he said in interviews like he's not really interested in like current continuity. Like he's gonna make his own stuff and like pay homage to like the retro stuff. Like that's why he did hip hop family, uh, the hip hop book for like so long because like that's his thing. He loves looking back. He's he's very much like a like a he's I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't know if I'd call him like a history buff, but like that's like his thing. He likes looking back at the past. So it's interesting. I I like it. I like it. I just don't know if it's like. I, I think like a lot of the hype around it is kind of weird because I don't know if people are hyping it for the right reasons, but I think it's a wonderful piece of art and I'm glad he's doing it. Yeah. I don't care where, like what the source of the hype is, as long as it gets it into more, yeah, like in front of more people. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't beautiful. think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like just said, don't read the Wikipedia page, pay Ed Pisker and Marvel $20 and read this instead. Yeah. You're going to get everything you need. He covers everything. I mean, it's very weird. Like, like Nick said, it was disjointed. It is sometimes, but like you do kind of get everything you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Agreed. Um, 
Cool. Y'all have any other Marvel February news, newsy thoughts, newsies thoughts? No, I don't think so. No. Any anything in no. the collections department? I don't think so. For their May stuff, nothing exciting. Okay. No. no. Um. Cool. Well, folks, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back to uh, talk about some comics. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we're back for the second part of the episode. We're going to be covering some of Marvel's um, biggest books for the month of February. The month of February saw the debut of the second uh, Conan title for Marvel, the beginning of the Age of X-Men. The Avengers No Road Home weekly series. Uh, some more 80th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Conan making his Marvel debut again oh, in man. Avengers No Road Home. Why are you not reading this I, the I'm, weekly I'm, thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> your best, your best friend. Yeah, Conan's <laughs> hot shit. He he wears a gird, girdle for pants. Bro. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Does he wear pants or does he just like have like a loincloth looking thing? I think it's a loincloth. Okay. Okay. Not a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Again. Uh, Again. Yeah. Again. Agreed. Uh, we got more 80th anniversary one shots. Uh, Matt Rosenberg and Salvador La Roca took over Uncanny. And then we got some more War of the Realms preludes. But we're not going to be talking about any of that stuff. Instead, what we're going to talk about is the uh, relaunch of Daredevil from Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto, the Age of X-Men Alpha issue, which actually came out January 31st, but we're covering it now because dates are stupid, and the ending of G. Will Wilson's uh, Miss Marvel. So we're going to start with Daredevil, like I just said, written by Chip Zdarsky, illustrated by Cicchetto, and then colored by Sonny Go, with covers by Julian Totino Tedesco. And Jess, we'll start with you. What were your sort of initial thoughts on this first issue of of Zadarsky and Chichetta's relaunch uh, to Daredevil? Oh, I really liked it. I think I had said something when we we talked about being announced that maybe this was like Zadarsky's like Robin Williams doing like a really serious like movie role. I think I said that. I said something along the lines of that. And that definitely what this... That's definitely what this was. I think you said, and I quote, this was going to be Robin Williams' Dead yes. Poet Society. And... I loved it. I really did. I liked it so much. <laughs> I, I kept like, there was this weird moment where I kept reading it. And I was like waiting for the punchline. I was like, no, there is no punchline. This is Chip Zdarsky saying like, yeah, I'm a good fucking writer. Like, deal with it. And like, I liked it because of that. It had like all the Catholic guilt that I expect the Daredevil story to have. Like that was the thing I liked about the Netflix show. There was a lot of Catholic guilt, and I'm like, good. Like I like that. I love that. <laughs> I Catholic love guilt. that. Um, 
I didn't read the mini series where he was like recovering. So I guess like just I mean we'll probably talk about that a little bit, but like I feel like that all that stuff went over my head. So I'm I'm a, I was a little lost in that regard. It's like what on earth happened in that miniseries that I'm just not seeing? But I, I liked this, and I really liked the ending. And, th- well, I should say that I think the ending is interesting, but I feel like they've done this before. So, um, I'm yeah, I, I really liked it, though. I really did. I was surprised by how much I liked it. Because I think the last time, too, um, the last time we talked about Daredevil, I had said, like, I really want there to be, like, a point for me to jump in and get, like, that really dramatic, serious Daredevil shit that I love, like, where he's just, like, depressed all the time, and, like, he's just always thinking about how horrible a Catholic he is, and, like, I want to read that. As good as, like, the Mark Wade Chris Samney run is, I think it was, it was like, really lighthearted, for, for Daredevil at least, so I wasn't super, it's good, but I wasn't, like, that wasn't what I wanted to read, I wanted, like, that dark Frank Miller stuff, and I think, like, this isn't that, but it's, like, sort of touching on that stuff where it's like it is really more serious and I really love that it's Chip Zdarsky because I don't think anyone expected that from him like I'm excited for him he's like a real comic book writer now like good for him he's not just a comedy guy good for him he's a real boy now he's a real boy now I love Chip Zdarsky (laughs) so I love Chip Zdarsky he's like the nicest guy so like I'm I'm really excited I really did like this issue I really did yeah I have a I have a guy that I I work with uh, now who like he's like a huge fan of Zadarsky, and I think it was he his his wife was trying to figure out what to get him for Christmas one year, and he was like just like talks about how much he likes Zadarsky, and so she like may like sent him an e- sent him an email or like a message or something, and just said like hey will you sign anything or whatever for my husband, just like anything that's near you whatever, and he like signed her like a grocery list and sent it back, mm. and so like he's got Chip Zadarsky's autograph, but it's like a grocery list. Or something. So. It's funny Chip Zdarsky stories. I have two. So the first time I met Chip Zdarsky was on a, a very long New York Comic Con line at the Image booth when Sex Criminals launched. And I told uh, him and Matt Fraction that my mom had read Sex Criminals and thought it was funny. So I have a comic. I have a cover of the one that they're the, the now like legendary portrait shot. Uh, signed by the two, oh, yeah. <laughs> signed by the yeah. two of them saying your mom is cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And then good. Uh, two years ago, uh, Chip Zdarsky had tweeted out uh, that he had like thirty five sheets of paper left, and that was going to be his sketch limit. And if you got to like his booth early enough, he would like do a sketch for like nothing. It was like it was like crazy. I forgot how much it was, but it was like crazy low price. I was like, "You're charging nothing for all of what you do. It's insane." So I got on the line early enough, and I didn't know what character I wanted him to draw because he said he would draw anything. So I told him to draw me stupid, sexy Jughead because I'm a huge Riverdale fan, and so like that's that's the only piece of original art I own is I, I own a Chip Zdarsky uh, Jughead like super brooding one with like the the beanie and everything, not the crown, but like the beanie from Riverdale, and it's beautiful. And he'd like talk to me for like a half an hour while he was drawing it about Riverdale and how um, he loves the show, and like <laughs> and he thinks it's so silly and it's great, and I'm like why aren't you writing for this show? He's like, I, I just, he's like, I don't think they're ready for what I could give them. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they're not ready for this. <laughs> so, like, and I mean, this line that he had was like huge. Like everyone was trying to get like those last 
Because he really only had, like, when he walked up to his table, he really only did have, like, this tiny little stack of paper left. And it was only, like, Friday. And New York Comic Con's four days. And that's all he had. So, like, the Saturday, like, the Saturday and Sunday and most of Friday, all he was going to do was sign stuff. So, like, everyone was lining up like crazy to get a sketch because he was charging, like, nothing for it. He was charging, but it was, like, it was dirt cheap. It was, like, it, it was it was kind of insane because he could get away with charging more and he was so nice to everybody. So like I, I have I have a lot of fondness for Chip Zdarsky, so that's why I always feel like I am rooting for him a little more than like other people. So yeah, he he's great. Chip Zdarsky's like great. He really is. That's my rant about Chip Zdarsky. Sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, that's he's wonderful. Good. Yeah, he's he really he's obviously really funny. And he, like, genuinely seems like just a great guy. And, yeah, like you said, he's a great writer. Uh, so I guess I'll, yeah, I'll just go, go ahead, into go my, yeah. like, thoughts on the, yeah. Go so nuts. I guess, first off, starting with the backup, uh, the four-page thing. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> and it was, was drawn by him. Yeah, yeah when, I, when I first got to it, I was like, I saw that it was in his style. And the only thing that I've ever seen him draw was uh sex criminals and so when i was reading it i was like just waiting for a punchline and then i realized it like it wasn't and it was a serious story and it was really cool mm-hmm. <laughs> and i i might have no i didn't like it more than the main story but it was really great um and yeah it just he's built up so many i think doing comedy can help you really build up your other skills and so like when you go back to doing drama you have that like all these new skills that a lot of people who just do drama don't really have. And yeah, you could totally see Mm -hmm. that in that backup. Um, That, that, that backup you're talking about is exactly where I, like I was waiting for a punchline, like through most of the issue, but like right there, when I got to that backup story, I was like, okay, this is going to be funny. And then like, it really was, it was a complete opposite of funny. Cause it was like, I was a kid who was like abducted or something. And like, he was going to, the guy in question was going to do some horrible things to this kid. And you're like, wait a minute, is there a joke here? No, it's just Chip Zdarsky's style and a very serious story, which I don't think he's ever done before. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how it was laid out in the physical issue because we read the digital copy. Um, so I wonder if like when you flip the page, uh, if it's like back to back on different pages or if it's like if you have the spread out, if the left side is what's happening and the right side is what Daredevil is interpreting. Um yeah, I, I wonder how that would change the experience of reading it. But either way, it was very, very cool. Um, and then, yeah, so the main story, uh, it was great. <laughs> when I was reading it, I was sort of thinking, like, this is the kind of almost like a type of Batman comic that makes more sense than most Batman comics make. It's mm-hmm. like, and it's also a lot more character based. It's like, what if Batman was self-conscious because of Catholicism, <laughs> which is uh, really cool, really interesting. And yeah, he just, he hit all the points. Uh, I went into this not expecting like much out of it. Um, I think I, I go into most things pretty neutral, but yeah, this really surprised me. And uh the story, it felt very grounded. It felt very like you're going through this thing and it felt very immediate without 
feeling like it was trying to lead you up with meaningless suspense. Everything had a meaning. Everything had a purpose in the story. And it really, it was just very, very solidly constructed. Um, So to that end, Jess, the thing that you pointed out about the last page, not being crazy about it, I agree. And I think the reason uh, why it didn't land as well as maybe the rest of the issue is because it felt like sort of a uh, last page just reveal thrown out for the sake of having a last page reveal. I think if this were a graphic novel and this were just the first 20, 25 pages of it, uh, I think that last page would have been different and it just would have continued on just being great at what it had been doing before that. So I think those are my comments on the writing. We can go into the art in a little, Mm -hmm. but do you have any comments on that? I think, so, like, obviously, like, spoilers here, but uh, Daredevil, I guess, like like I said, I, I didn't read that miniseries where he was in physical therapy, but, like, he's back, and uh, he kills somebody. <laughs> um, sorry, spoilers, but he kills someone. And, <gasps> <laughs> um, I feel like, I, I, I will be honest, my, my Daredevil detailed history is kind of not great, Um. But I feel like he's done that before. Like, I don't think this is something new. But I guess, like, in the sliding continuity scale of of Marvel, which isn't, like, I don't, I'm not a continuity nerd. But I feel like, like, I feel like just telling that story, I feel like that's been done before, where he's killed somebody. Um, So it didn't come off like a big, like, I think the idea of it was it was supposed to be a big deal, but it wasn't a big deal to me. Because I, I, I feel like I've seen that with him before. Like, I feel like I, I've seen him kill somebody before. Um, but has he, has he ever, like, killed somebody, like, on accident? Or has he, like, killed, like, villains that he was fighting? Or I feel like he killed a bunch of people in Shadowland, actually. Oh, that's, yeah. That's... Which I know that, like, he was, like, brainwashed or whatever. But, like, that was, like, a big part of that. I'm pretty sure he killed a bunch of people in I'm pretty sure he killed Bullseye in Shadowland. You know what? Now I have to find out. Like, I'm pretty sure he killed Bullseye. Um, but it's... Um, it, it's... I, I think, Nick, like, I agree with you. Honestly. Like, I think I agree with you. Like, I think, like, it, it did come off to me like it needed to... Like, they needed something to get people back for issue two. And I don't think they necessarily needed this. Like, I think... I think like a, a a him being back as Daredevil and Kingpin uh, still being in the position of power that he's in, he's mayor. I I think that was enough. I mean, at least for me, that was enough. I, I yeah. guess maybe the the more casual fan needed like that, but I I didn't. I I'm but I'm interested in in Zdarsky tackling something this serious and doing it maybe more interesting than anyone's done it before cuz at least like if if I'm right and he did kill Bullseye in Shadowland which I'm pretty sure he did um cuz I was working at a comic book store when that story was going on so I think I think that's what happened but um if that's where he's going and he kind of killed somebody without even thinking about it, like he just did it. Like, I think that's an interesting thing to maybe tackle. And I kind of want to see him do it. Um, like I'm definitely all in, like I'm definitely reading the next issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either 
I'm not sure if I'll pick it up monthly, yeah. but I'm, I'm definitely going to read it at some point. Yeah. Kevin, what do you think? I, I, I really love this issue um, for all the reasons that, that all of y'all have, have already said um, like it's, it's very gorgeous and it's very Catholic. And I think that's, those are both wonderful things. And, and those are both very daredevil things. Like I think daredevil is one of those characters that Marvel's had that they've had their, some of their most high profile writers, not necessarily like when they've been high profile, but like as they're becoming more like high profile with some of like just their best, their best artists. And I think, well, I guess Mark Wade and Sam Neer, uh, Wade was a big deal, but anyway, whatever. Um, I, yeah, I thought this, I thought this was wonderful. And I guess like to y'all's, to y'all's point on debating the, did Daredevil have to like accidentally kill this, um, this, this guy or not. So I didn't read the, the mini series where he's in, he's in, phys- in physical therapy or whatever, but I read the end of soul's run where he like dies, um, or whatever. And this like, it's, that seems sort of like the natural conclusion to, um, to like this issue and to like all the things that is sort of like going on in his life right now. He's like, I need to keep, I need to keep fighting. I need to keep working. I need to keep doing things. I need to like keep atoning or whatever else. And like, that's like, that's the problem of like, of like works, right. Just righteousness. Like if I keep having to work, I keep needing to do things because I still feel guilty and I still feel horrible. And so he gets out of the hospital and he thinks that he needs to like keep doing things and keep and keep like saving the day, especially like with fist still and feeling still in power. And he screws it up like big time. And so I think, I really think that um, we can debate whether or not like Zadarsky had to go this route. I think this is different than like Daredevil having killed somebody like Bullseye or like a bunch of people when he's possessed by like demons or whatever it was in Shadowland. Like, I think this is going to be like that last page is going to be the driving force of this series for a while. Um, And I'm curious to see Matt and Zdarsky deal with with that guilt for an extended period of time, because that seems really grounded and really sort of. Like it, like an interesting, very personal story that I'm like totally, totally down for and totally going to keep reading. Yeah. Uh, so, how about the art? Uh, I love, I love Marco Cicchetto, and but I think, I think even more so. Like I've seen, um, you know, he's like one of you know Marvel's like young gun people, whatever. Um, and I kind of always thought his. St- yeah 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 um i always thought his style was like more like digitally or whatever um and i think like with like with sunny goes uh coloring on this issue like i just i think i just think this issue looks gorgeous um like i love i love all the like the muted sort of like reds and blues that that go uses um to sort of and I love and I love the way that that both Chichetto and then Zadarsky by proxy and his backup illustrate like Matt's um sort of like uh sensibility things like where he's like seeing the world with like the outlines of these people because that was one of the things that I would think was missing a lot from Charles Soule's run of like seeing Matt use his like his powers in that way like he told a lot of like big stories with with uh with daredevil and less so these like how do these powers work and how's all this stuff going like i think the the page where um there's like the guy who's like got the outlines from after like daredevil's like beating the crap out of him and chichetto illustrates that and then like the way that zadarsky illustrates 
sort of like the echolocation-y looking things and his backup. I just think those are really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so with the my initial thoughts with the art, um, especially in the parts where like Matt was swinging around uh, in the city and the more grounded uh, like police procedural things, uh, I thought they looked like they had the same feeling to me as the art in uh, <clears throat> like Alex Maleev's run. Uh, I haven't read a lot of it, but from what I like have seen, it, it has that same sort of feeling. And that's pretty cool. Uh, I think that uh, Chichetto is a really great draftsman. Like his sense of uh, place in terms of the like overall design of an environment is very, uh, I, th- I think it's very nuanced overall. And I think that like him knowing all the ins and outs of his environments helps him when he's depicting those things with Matt, uh, you know, viewing the world in his way. Um, and I think that's very important for a daredevil artist. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's a great comparison and I, I, I totally agree. I was trying to figure out who, colored Malieve and Bendis's stuff, but I guess it I guess Malieve probably he seems like a guy that colors himself. Um he's a little tough to color for, I would assume. Yeah. Um but no, like I think I think that I think that everything you said, Nick, is is absolutely right. And I think that's um like I think that like like Jess, you you had just said like I was waiting for a moment to sort of like be able to jump onto a Daredevil book. And this really seems like that. Like there was nothing wrong with souls run like it was it was big in no, the sense that yeah. daredevil was like really connected to things that were going on in the marvel universe um and like fisk being mayor has impacted a ton of other books um and that was a thing that that was a thing that soul added um and is and is still there and is cool and is a fun sort of like trump era thing that exists in comics now see uh, i see i actually think he avoided a lot of trump stuff with kingpin i think he avoided like like i think he parodied enough but i think like kingpin being mayors and like very much kingpin being mayor and not so much as him being a trump stand-in like at least from this issue yeah 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 Yeah, i don't i don't i wasn't saying that i think that soul was writing kingpin as like a trump analog i just think that that idea and that thought wouldn't have happened unless trump had been elected president like I think, that, I don't know. I, think that those, I mean, I think that those sure. things are like, they're like very. I think that they're very, like coincided very, very well. Like they happened about the same time. Um, there was some stuff in sort of like the run up to, like as Kingpin was being elected in Soul's Run, that I think was sort of like Kingpin is like Trumpian, and he abandoned he abandoned it like towards the end. Um, but it was still like this sort of like corrupt person who had had like a big businessy thing in New York, like becomes a like big political figure or whatever. I'm not, I, so I like, I, I'm not saying, so maybe, maybe not that like this would have happened had not like Trump been elected president, but I think that like they, I think like, I think that, I think that they're timed together really well. I don't know. Um, I'm not saying there's like, they directly correspond to each other. Oh, no, no. But I'm going to say this about the art. Um, There's a couple, there's a page where uh, Daredevil is in bed 
uh, alone. And um, I don't know if this was deliberate. I got to think it was deliberate because Chichetto's an artist. Um, there's like a couple of like crosses in the shadows, like across from him, like as he's laying there from the windows. And like, again, like I really wanted like a Catholic guilt filled Matt Murdock from like Zadarsky's run. And like, I think that that kind of is there. Um, it's on like, I guess, well, not completely on the closet doors, but sort of. And then there's like, there's one cross like right over him as he's sleeping there. And I'm like super into that. I don't know if that was, I, I mean, I got to think it was deliberate, but I'm super into it. Yeah. And another, uh, so really interesting visual parallel um, that was also reflected in the story. Uh, I sort of got the feeling that, um, that Starsky was trying to draw a parallel between like a casual hookup, like him with the woman at the beginning and like going around and sort of casually beating up criminals just because it's like an animalistic urge that he feels he has to do. And uh, because of that, the last page of him lying in the bed looks a lot like the earlier page of him lying in the bed uh, with the woman. And I thought that was a very, very cool moment. Definitely. That was that was a great moment, too. I mean, it, it, Zdarsky is a great artist on his own, but I think he got blessed here with Chichetto. So um, that kind of like that kind of mm-hmm. makes me more excited to read more. Is Chichetto doing like every issue or is he kind of going to do what Chichetto does and kind of get moved around to like big books? He's been solicited for every issue so far. So I would imagine that this is his his world for the next little nice. bit. Yeah, and to uh, that same point, uh, Zdarsky is also an artist, so he, I think he has a lot better uh, idea of how to utilize comic book art uh, to like accentuate his storytelling beats and themes, uh, and so I'm sure that there's a lot of communication be- between him and Tuchetto. Yeah, no, I, I, I would imagine I would imagine that's true too. I totally agree. Um. You have any other any other daredevilly thoughts? Nah, definitely gonna read more at some point. Say, I I might actually make this one of my very few monthly things because it is really good. I really enjoyed it. I was so surprised. Yeah. By, I mean, I thought I was gonna like it, but I was so surprised by how much I actually enjoyed it. Good job, Zadarsky. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. This is this is gonna be one of the books that I I. Well, when I think issue two comes out next week, um, so I'm definitely looking forward to 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 it coming out and to read more. Um, cool. We're well, moving right along. So we have the Age of X Men Alpha issue, uh, Alpha number one, written by Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler, illustrated by Ramon Rosanas, and then colored by Triona Farrell with a cover by Phil Noto. This is the beginning of the. Uh, Age of X-Men story. So this book sets up the five other miniseries that consist of the Age of X-Men, X-Men, and then there'll be an Omega issue at the end that sort of closes all of this stuff out. Um, but just as our, our so resident uh, X-Men expert, so much, <laughs> um, so much pressure. What are your thoughts on the, the Age of X-Men alpha? Um... Yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
it exists and it's interesting and it's very shades of age of apocalypse for me um yeah i i i like pieces of it i didn't love all of it but i think um I think it's interesting to imagine utopias like this and then see how even in a utopia that's meant to um, encourage a marginalized group that even still uh, little shades of of fascism can kind of sneak in. Um, I guess I don't want to jump too far into the spoilers, but this is meant to be a utopia and there's a lot of pieces of it that aren't very utopian. and I kind of, I, I liked those pieces. I just don't, I haven't read, uh, I know a couple first issues launched for like a bunch of the tie-ins, I, I, maybe all of them, um, but I'm so behind. So I, I haven't read all of them. Um, there's some interesting ideas here and and we'll talk about it, but I love the art, but there's uh, some, some pieces of this that I thought were very interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it very much reminds me of Age of Apocalypse, but like in very different ways. It's, it's, it's meant on the surface to be a lot more sunshine and happiness. And I, I always really like that where it's like, yeah, everything's great, but underneath there's like this horrible stuff going on. And now we're going to talk about it and really get into what that means for a society like this. So I, I did like it, but I didn't love it. Like if we're going to compare it to like everything we're going to talk about, it wasn't as good as like everything else. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and it's definitely a lot more like Brave New World 1984 than it is Anthem, than it is like Hunger Games, fancy, weird, weird yes. utopia, whatever. Um, yeah, and I, and I totally agree with you, too. I think the art is the best part about this. Like, I love I love this art. Um, and usually, like, I'm not because there have been a couple of things that that uh, Ramon Rosales has done recently that I've been like, this is not. It was not super wonderful. Like he did the end of the the Hunt for Wolverine issues with Charles Noto. And I thought that looked like really, really rushed and not great. But like I think and I think part of it here is um is is Triano Farrell's coloring. Because it looks really sort of like old schooly art. Like it looks like it looks kind of like like Cliff Chang E. Um and I just I think it looks really fun and really cool. Uh yeah, I don't I the story stuff is interesting and I haven't I haven't read any of the the Age of X-Men issues yet but this 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 uh this sets up all of them and so i think as an issue that sets up six other issues um and six other five issue miniseries which is nuts um mm-hmm. i think i think it does that really really well like i think it definitely gives you the lead in for all of those which is kind of cool mm-hmm. i don't know that it tells like a complete story in and of itself yeah so that when i was reading it i okay not to bury the lead. Hated this. <laughs> the art is nice. Oh, okay, cool. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Cool, cool. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> the, the art is nice. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn the, Nine-Nine. It felt but... like I was going to... Like, I walked into a movie theater, I watched all the trailers, and then left. That's what it felt like. Because there was no overall story. There's, like, a brief few pages of introduction into this world and then you get like a few page basically trailer for all of the other books that are going to come after it there, there was no real story here it's like a book of previews it is it is i yeah um but i like i and i but i didn't hate it 
in a way that I have hated things like that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I guess because uh, I'm not typically into like, like an Elseworlds type thing. It's okay. Um, if you can tell a good mm-hmm. story with it. Whereas I feel like you are a lot more interested in the world itself um, in a way that I'm not typically. So I feel like this, it established parts of a world, but again, it didn't do much for a story. I th- I think like it was trying to sell you on the tie-ins, which was very, inter- which was a mm-hmm. weird choice to me. Yeah. Cause like everything interesting that happened, it was like, read this issue to find out what this one is thinking. Read mm-hmm. this issue to find out where Bishop went. It's like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Well, Jess, that's what I was just talking about when you had to step away for a second. Um, yeah, I-, I said it. It felt like I watched a bunch of previews and then left a movie theater. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah. Did, oh, did you I, like I, it? And this... I didn't hate it. I didn't outright hate it like you, <laughs> like, like you did. Um, uh, and 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 you're right. And this is and this this comes down to like a lot of our like our preferences. And 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 we've had conversations like this on this show. Like I think I think this kind of sets up this world kind of interestingly. I think it sort of sets up the people can't love or or fuck, and that's like where bad things come from in this world, which is sort of interesting. Um, I think like when I think that you're absolutely right to point out that like when it starts to tell like what could be a full story, like when it starts to tell this story of like this young girl who's getting put into this um, into the into the Summers Institute or when it starts to tell the story of like a gene and Bishop, um, like those seem like like they could have been full stories and then they kind of just get like full stopped or whatever um mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's i think that's true but i think the world's kind of cool mm-hmm. um and so for that i like i kind of enjoyed that and i enjoyed getting to watch that process play out yeah and there's a way to tell that sort of story where like you're introducing a whole bunch of different things that continue in other books but mm-hmm. this it didn't tell a full story it just told the first few pages of a whole bunch of different unrelated books like they're sort of related but they're not related in story yeah yeah um and i think like i think that's kind of what like that's what i expected of this book i didn't expect a full story necessarily i think i expected a lot of vignettes Mm -hmm. and i think i got something that seemed a lot more streamlined than i expected a book that was just like six different vignettes to be um like i think that like for a book that that is setting up six other or setting up 30 other issues i think there's there's far more of a through line than i expected there to be okay Um, yeah i went into this not knowing what it was at all i just read it so you know mm -hmm. (laughs) i think any person who goes in blind to anything is expecting to get a full story out of something that's fair yeah that's fair i always i always forget that oh i'm sorry jess i interrupted you go ahead oh no go ahead go ahead oh i like i just always forget that because like because i write you know for the news the news portion of multiversity so i kind of like know like all the all the hot goss as the kids say um like i i sort of have like the through line of everything like i so like I, i i feel like i just like have more I guess like working knowledge of like what's coming out and when it's, when it's coming out and who's doing what and where, what's going where then, um, 
than maybe like pro- then probably probably like the average comic book reader, which I like enjoy. Like I like sort of it's it's almost like being like the historian of like a lot of different things. Um, and so, yeah, like I think for somebody you're right now for somebody to have picked this up that that didn't really know what the age of X-Men was, hadn't been reading the multiversity articles or the bleeding cool articles or the whatever else, which is probably most comic book fans this would probably read like an incomplete story. And then they would probably be pissed off that they spent $5 and then had to spend, you know, almost a hundred more dollars to read um, all these other books or whatever. Yeah. And I think because of that, it's sort of maybe not proof, but a good example of how Marvel usually uh, in most things that they do, they're trying to appeal to the people who are already at comic shops. They don't really care about like the person coming in off the street to read a book and maybe like the thinking behind that is they do have some books like that. Like I feel like, you know, a lot of their flagship titles, especially since CB Sobolski came in and they did the fresh start. um, I feel like a lot of their main books are the type of book that anyone can come in and just read. So I don't know, maybe there is a place in the line for this sort of thing for the fan who likes to keep up with everything, but I'm not that fan. No, and and I think that's a fair criticism. I think, I mean, I liked it because I think that it established the world really nicely, but I I think you could have done that in all the individual issues, number one issues that are launching the new story. Like, I I get, like, you kind of want to set things up for people, but I think that you could have done that in all those individual series. Like, I think we could have gotten enough about Apocalypse and that Apocalypse, like, hippie series and i think we could have gotten enough from bishop and his series and um so yeah i i think that criticism is totally valid yeah i do i i agree with that too and i'm curious like what the like what the um, the cap issue of this whole world is going to be like what the omega issue of of this world is going to be um because it seems it really se- like it, it seems like to me it's going to be hard to tell a full story in those like five issue minis that then like leads to the same place that all of these other stories are leading to. Um, like, like I think I agree just like, it would have been interesting to like just have launched those five books and then to just have like an issue at the end that just tied up like the loose ends from all five of the, or all six of the series or whatever. Um, like maybe you didn't have to have this like beginning issue, but I don't know. Nick, you look like you were going to say something. No, no. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is this is interesting. I think too, like it's because I think that you're right too to say that the like the more casual Marvel reader has like it has a lot more options now. Like I think a lot more of the um, like the solo series books are story are books that you could pick up off the stands, not really know what's going on in other books, and be sort of like, yeah, I get everything that's going on here. Um, I think that like the X Men have just kind of always been complicated, and I think that they're like for Marvel to start focusing on the X-Men again and to like tell good um, and like prominent X-Men stories, I think means to like tell things that are sort of like convoluted and sort of like uh, refer back to a lot of other different X-Men stories, maybe in some ways. And so I think too, like I think it's hard for somebody in the year, in the year 2019 to say, I want to be an X-Men fan and then go pick up an X-Men book. It's a lot easier for somebody in 2019 to say like, I want to like read comics or I like, I kind of like Marvel stuff and go pick up, you know, like the, the, the Iron Man series that's happening right now, or like something like Ironheart or something like Miss Marvel or something um, 
like like runaways or whatever else like books that they like they see these properties on television or in the movies and they're like i want to go pick up like a series that's related to those characters i think the x-men just they have they don't have that right now and they haven't had that maybe ever Mm -hmm. well we did just have uh i don't even know what it was called it was just uncanny x-men the weekly series it was uh, yeah yeah that and it's uncanny still going um and Matthew Rosenberg and Salvador LaRocca are are the creative team right now. But it's sort of like the like fit, like continuing this like the same story from Disassembled in this because it's like oh, okay. all of these X-Men are in this sort of utopia world. And then like uh, like Cyclops, like Scott and Wolverine are back in the main world. They didn't get raptured to X-Men utopia. And so they're just like doing X-Men things in the real world. OK. Hmm. Yeah, it's comics are weird. <laughs> yeah, so agreed. Uh, uh, cool. Maybe the X Men will get back to that point at some point. Yeah, somebody had, and I think Bleeding Cool had said this too that like this uh, Age of X Men story uh, is sort of like a filler between like what Marvel was hoping to do with the X Men in 2019, like to relaunch them sort of like big. Um, like the, they maybe like weren't ready for that. And so we'll get some more of that towards the end okay. of the summer that like we'll get a bigger X-Men thing come like August or whatever. Uh, but I don't, I don't How know. long is this whole event going to last? Is it like five monthly issues? Yeah. So I would assume so that so four of the series are launching in April, two in March. So it'll wrap in um, in July. It'll wrap in July. Okay. Yeah. So then probably come August we'll get big big X many things. So don't know. I don't know. Jess, you got any Age of X many thoughts? No, I am looking for well, yes, I am looking forward to Hippie Apocalypse. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Hippie <laughs> love the apocalypse. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, folks, we are coming to the last uh, last couple issues we're going to talk about for this episode. Um, the end of G. Willow Wilson's uh, Miss Marvel run uh, uh, came out um, uh, last week on February 13th. Issue number 38, I believe that was her, her what, her 60th issue of the series? She wrote 60 it, issues. Okay, of- I don't understand why people are saying 60 because like by any count, Number one, the legacy issue goes up to 57. But then, like, I was trying to figure out how you could get to 60. She wrote the Generations issue that was double-sized. And then there were, like, a few other issues in there that were 1.5 times size. So, like, maybe you can say that she wrote 60 installments of 20 pages. But I I don't, I don't know. The legacy number is 57, though. <laughs> okay. Okay, so she may or may not have wrote around 60 issues. Uh, who's to say? But she wrote a lot. Five um, years. And she's five yeah. years. Five years with this character. Um, so we're going to be talking about the issue number 37, which came out in January, and then issue number 38, which sort of closed out um, the series. They were both uh, sort of one-shot issues that talked about a lot of the themes and ideas and checked in on all the side characters that... that uh, that Wilson and her various artists have established over the course of this five-year run. Um, 
but first, so Nick, we'll start with you. What are sort of your overarching thoughts on on Wilson's Ms. Marvel run? Um, so for those of you that, that don't know, last week, Multiversity ran a special Saturday morning panels version um, talking. So like a, a column where we ca- screenshotted and, and, and talked about some of our favorite panels and issues or parts of, of issues from this run. Um, this is kind of a big deal. So 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 Nick, uh, kick us off. What are what are your overarching thoughts on Miss Marvel? So the uh, for very first issue is uh, like I've been following the series from that first issue, and it's actually the longest running title like on my pull list until it ended. Um, and so yeah, I've been following along the whole time. It's consistently been one of my favorite books. Um, I've been getting all the oversized hardcovers like as they come out, so that I could reread it like once the series ended. And when uh, the series ended and we were putting together that Saturday morning panels thing, I was going back through all of those and just, you know, reliving the series. I fully read the first issue and I just wanted to sit down and read the rest of it because it's so great. Um, I love this series. Uh, I did not yet reread it all the way through, but I will at some point very soon. Um <laughs> Uh, should we talk about, yeah, let's just do everybody individual first and then we'll get into these two. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. Jess, what are, what are your overarching Miss Marvel-y thoughts? I am from New Jersey and I don't live that far away from Jersey city. It's actually just like, a, I'm, I'm right outside Newark. And if I get on the path, I'm like two stops away from Jersey city a family that lives in Jersey city. So, um, I feel very connected to her, even though I'm not part of her exact, uh, immediate culture. I do feel very much like connected to the character. She feels like my Batman sort of, (laughs) um, I love Ms. Marvel. I'm really excited that the character took off the way that it did. Um, I think I have like, a bunch of first issue covers because I was like super excited that she existed. I was like, this is awesome. Um, yeah, I love Ms. Marvel. I think what G. Willow Wilson did is kind of a big deal because it's hard to launch a new character and have the character take root in a fandom or like a like a com- like comic book culture the way that she did. I don't think you can just cancel Ms. Marvel and then that's going to be the end of it. The trades, the hardcovers were bestsellers. It actually, she actually reminds me a lot of Harley Quinn, um, because that's another character that was kind of introduced for something else and and became like a, a cultural, um, like staple. And I think Ms. Marvel is very close to being that in the same way that Spider Gwen is, and that's very hard to do. I mean, you have characters like Batman, Superman, Captain America, Iron Man that that've been around for longer than some people's lifetimes and uh for her to be this character that everyone's like oh i hope she has like a cameo at the end of captain marvel or something like that's a big deal um i don't think we're that far away from her getting like in in live to be like adapted to live action i don't don't think we're that far away um but the series is great and and there's so much in it that i think people are going to be dissecting for years to come um but yeah i I'm really excited that it's going to, that the character is going to keep living. Um, I'm sad G Willow Wilson is leaving her though, but that's kind of the case with like all 
all of these types of things. Eventually, the create the original creator does leave, but um, yeah, I, it's it's great. I I love the series. I'm really looking forward to being able to reading it all over again. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'm going to do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a great run. It really has. Yeah, yeah. I I totally I. So I so I started reading. Um, I guess like monthly Marvel books right around the time that Secret Wars ended, like the second Secret Wars. So, you know, not that long ago. Um, uh, like, you know, only like three or four years. And this was one of the books that got relaunched and, and I had, I had heard about it and I knew that it was a big deal. Um, and I read the first sort of like relaunched issue after Secret Wars. So that would have been whenever this, the, the second number one, the, the second volume of this series came out. Um, and I just loved it. And I loved, I loved uh, I loved uh, like like Kamala as a character and I loved like this world and I loved that she just was like I loved this little sort of like niche of of the Marvel Universe and I like it was it was like so big and like so small at the same time and I I just thought it was so fun and so this this like this whole series was one of the books that I went back and read volume one of like when I started uh, like reading comics and then I just loved it even more. I just, I think, I think this is such like a fun book. It just has so much um, like heart and like, and like optimism and sort of uh, just like wonder and like, like magic around it. Um, And I love, I love that it exists. And I love that, that, that G. Willow Wilson has gotten to, to, to tell this story for the last five years. And I love that, that, that this character has taken off in the way that she has. And I do think that we're absolutely super close to, to having a, a Miss Marvel in, in live action. And I think that we need to, like, I think that we need that. Um, yeah, I think, and I, I, like, I think that it's wonderful that like, this is, this is like the, the, the Spider-Man of our generation. Um, I guess you can, you know, you compare, you can compare to like to, to Harley Quinn and say like, this is a character that took off because of something else, but this is really like, this is the character in our generation that is the like, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think it's, I think it's important that it's, it's a um, like a, a Pakistani American Muslim girl who lives on the East Coast, and I think that 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 says a lot about the world that we live in and the kinds of things that that we need and the kinds of things that are that are important. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I yeah, I love I loved I loved all of this. So yeah, shout out to New Jersey, finally having a really cool hero. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Shout to, out New to New Jersey. It's not all in New York. It's not all, it's no. also across the river. No. <laughs> Jersey City is New Jersey. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I Like you were saying, Kevin, just the whole book, it's very fun, very upbeat. And that's and it's it's very meaningful in a lot of ways and very warm. And I think when you like when I reread that very first issue, you can see everything that the series would be it's right there in that first issue um it's funny it's very very character based you have a really well-defined supporting cast and even tertiary cast who would go on to become greater characters later on and who would go on to grow into just more complex characters and you can see like the seeds of that stuff all there in the beginning like you can tell that this was a labor of love from both editors uh, Sana Amanat, uh, G. Willow Wilson as the writer, and I think a lot of 
the series' success has to be attributed to Adrian Alfona's uh, initial work on establishing the visual look. And I think it really pushes forward that sense of fun just in terms of how the characters look and move. And it's sort of an exaggerated style. Uh, And in terms of how full the backgrounds are with all just tiny little jokes sprinkled everywhere and just fun things happening in the background. And it it really feels youthful and uh, optimistic and just warm. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I didn't want to sound thirsty on the podcast, but I feel like I should mention that my hot boyfriend is also from Jersey City. <laughs> so I feel like Jers- <laughs> I feel like Jersey City's having a moment thanks to hot boyfriend and also Kamala Khan. Thank you both for your service. And folks, you can follow Jess on Twitter at JessCamNJ to learn more about uh, Hot Boyfriend. About Hot Boyfriend. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Not at Hot Boyfriend, at JessCamNJ. Not, not yet. I have not created a secret account for Hot Boyfriend. I will I will hold myself back enough. That's good. That's good. Nick, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to make a dumb joke. I, it's It's gone. The time is done. <laughs> oh no I'm no so it's sorry. all good no, you didn't, because the joke didn't make sense anyway i just googled it oh. it wouldn't have made sense so thank you oh, oh no okay well there we go <laughs> we have saved nicked from the embarrassment of a horrible joke thank you it's fine he was on too much of a run of good jokes with his one-liner, so it was like it was bound to happen. So I had to stop him. Lot, Subconsciously, I knew that I had to stop. Even God's must yeah. fall. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's get into these last two issues. Some. Uh, uh, so, so like we said before, they're both one shot. So 37 written by Wilson, illustrated by Nico Leone, and then colored by Ian Herring, who co- also colored all of the issues that, um, that Wilson wrote. Uh, big shout out to, to Herring as much as, as much as I definitely agree with Nick that Adrian Alfano, uh, like style created sort of the visuals, um, and like youthful look of, 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 of Kamala and like her world. I think that like Herring, Herring's colors and especially like, the ways that like the backdrops are full of these like browns and yellows and um, these like different hues of things like have really also um, definitely like made the style uh, 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 con- continuous 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 yeah. throughout like the entire run or whatever. Yeah. I mentioned that uh, when we talked about, I think at the end of last year, like our favorite books of the year. Um, yeah. He's colored mm-hmm. the entire series. And even though it's had a whole bunch of artists, it's maintained a very uh, consistent look and it's because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think all the artists have a similar uh, energy to them, but he's able to yeah. tap into that and, you know, accentuate it. What each artist brings that is similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so Shout out to him. And then 38 was uh, written written by Wilson, story by Wilson, and then also uh, other writers with Devin Grayson, who uh, is the writer of like the Marvel Rising series that that Miss Marvel is appearing in, uh, which is also like the, you know, the name of the the Disney XD uh, show movie thing. Uh, Saladin Ahmed, who's taking over for Wilson with, in the relaunched Magnificent Miss Marvel, which starts next month. Jim Zub who's writing Miss Marvel over in Champions, and then Eve Ewing, who will be writing Miss Marvel uh, in Marvel Team-Up come April. 
uh, and then the 38 was also illustrated by Nico Leone, uh, uh, Takashi Miyazawa, who was uh, one of the yeah. earlier uh, artists on the book, Joy Vasquez, who is going to be doing art with e-viewing, Kevin Libranda, and then Minkyu Young, who will be with Ahmed when the book is relaunched, and and Juan Juan Blasco, Minkyu Young and Juan Blasco. Um, so these two one shots turning our attention to the books uh, at hand. Um, what did you think about about ending ending the book the book this way rather than with like some huge hefty big sort of like end game arc thing? We end with these two very intimate, very personal, um, very optimistic like one shots. Uh, so Nick, we'll we'll go to you. What did you think about about ending ending the series in this way? Uh, I think it wasn't planned. I think Wilson just felt like she was at an end, and instead of planning another big arc that she might not have been able to deliver on. She decided to just go with a few one shots to wrap up the remaining few things. Uh, But at the same time, I think it worked very well uh, because like I said, from the beginning, the book has been about more than just superheroes. It's been more than just big stories. Uh, Even though every now and then it would tell a story that, you know, had some weight to it. Um, Ultimately it was about, the characters and it was about uh the themes and that's what these last two issues did they uh so issue 37 uh was a lot more i felt like going around to each of the supporting cast members uh that had grown over the preceding you know five years and uh just checking in with each of them in a fun little story about uh just this small thing that happened in Jersey city one day as Kamala and her brother-in-law were trying to watch, uh, their nephew, um, or niece. I forget, (laughs) forget if that baby is a boy or a girl, but they were watching the baby that their siblings had together. Um, and (laughs) I mean, the baby itself is sort of a symbol of he, it's a, he, he. it's a, he, it's a, yeah, he's sort of a symbol of just how much the cast has grown in that, like, you now have Kamala's brother who is married, who has a brother who is also Kamala's age. And now those two have a baby together. And yeah, there's, yeah. So I really love that issue and it really leaned into the comedy aspects, which I loved just comedy about people trying to look after a baby always hits. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that issue was great. The very last issue, um, I'm glad that Wilson wrote the story for it as opposed to being a bunch of little vignettes or uh, like as opposed to each individual writer artist team uh, taking every part individually uh, because it really felt like an issue of her series. Um, And it was cool to have all the guest writers, but it was good to have that cohesiveness uh, that you don't usually get if everybody is separated. Um, it was an interesting way to end the series. Personally, I feel like issue 37 was more of an ending, uh, like more of an end cap epilogue type thing. But this was a cool after credits type issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Um, uh, and I like so I read issue 37 and uh, and cried a lot um, because that's my M.O. And uh, like I just I. <laughs> go ahead that's fine uh um like i thought that the the lines and the moments 
talk like when when Kamala's like um talking about like life is magical and wondrous and she's like holding this child and like like Nick you were talking about like with the humor and just like continue to acknowledge that like I feel like I feel like it's interesting that um like Wilson got to do all this in this title and like let like Kamala be like a hero and also like a like a daughter and a sister and a friend and a teenager and then like champion she's and then like when she was in Avengers she's sort of like this like like badass heroine or whatever um but like this is like so grounded and showing her like so full of just like joy and optimism and all these other things like I cried at that and like I cried at the end um with the like uh her the 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 sheik is in uh sheik sheik abdullah is like it you know has a heart attack or whatever's in the hospital and all the family's gathering around and it's like this huge thing and she's talking about how we get second chances and third chances and how like what matters is is people and like life is miraculous and all that and i thought that was really really cool and then the end of that issue spoil spoiler like when her her um you know her uh like nephew is like an alien or something because he's got like the like weird eye beam things like that seems to set up i think like what ahmed's going to be start starting to do in march because i think like the first couple arcs were solicited or the first couple issues were solicited with something about aliens um and i thought like 38 was a was a an interesting sort of like like epilogue like you said nick it was different than issue 50 which had a lot of different co-writers and like the different co-writer sections definitely felt more distinct from what wilson was doing um, and so I am glad that she wrote the story on this because I think all the writers, while like you can kind of tell as as it switches from like piece to piece, um, you you can't as much as you did um, with that with that issue with that issue fifty. Like it's definitely like um, uh, got like some continuity from all these different stories talking about all these different um, characters. So I do I do think in some ways that like thirty seven would have been would have been a better cap on the thing. Um, but I think 38, yeah. the issue 38 is also like a wonderful issue. And and I think it stands, I think it stands by itself too, as well. Wait, really quick. You think the alien, or you think the baby is an alien? An alien or an inhuman or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. What, I, th- I immediately thought it was an inhuman just because if Kamala had it, then it would make sense that her brother would be able to pass it on. Sure. Sure. Um, and that's, yeah. Cause like, that's yeah. been one of the driving things of, the book is like, is the family like, you know, carrying this inhuman gene or whatever. And like the, isn't like her brother been kidnapped like a couple of times yeah. or something. And, yeah. Uh, and that's another thing that we like, didn't mention, but Kamala isn't inhuman. Like that's weird to think about that's true. because this book is not an inhuman book. No, that's what I thought about the baby too. Honestly, I didn't think it was an alien. I thought it was a inhuman and it was just showing its uh, powers very, very early. Mm-hmm. That could be that could be it. I think I thought that because I had read like Ahmed solicits and it was something about aliens. Um, uh, and I'd forgotten okay. the Inhumans existed because they don't have a book right now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Kamala remember, is, when they, yeah. remember when they tried to make the Inhumans happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look how that went. Come on, it's funny. Like Kamala is basically like she is a product of when Marvel was trying to make the Inhumans happen. Yeah yeah that's so weird yeah because she's not at all like one of the characters associated with them because it failed Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah no yeah like the she's she's gonna be the strand that that you know takes along for for years to come until it's retcon that she's actually an x-men or whatever 
or oh just my the god <laughs> or or they'll retcon her into being bitten by like some kind of weird radioactive like ant or something yeah by by just because by a radioactive <laughs> uh stretcho or or stretch armstrong or something i don't know Reed Richards was in the same city as her one time. Yes. So yes. Now she can be stretchy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Jess, what did you think about these last two uh, two one shots? I I really loved thirty seven because like I love babies and also want babies of my own, but I've only been around a baby maybe twice ever. So like her whole thing around being like being around that baby was really funny to me. Um, Cause that's exactly how I would probably be around my own baby. So um, I liked that. I thought that was fun. Um, I really like, like Ms. Marvel always reminded me a lot of, of like classic Peter Parker type stories because she is struggling with the secret identity. And I think that's very different from a lot of Marvel superheroes. Um, actually, I would say in general with Marvel and DC, a lot of them don't struggle so much with the secret identity. I think we think about like Superman with the secret identity and Batman with that. And like, we don't realize that a lot of them don't have that situation. It's kind of like, yeah, they're just that person. And um, so with her, yeah, like I've been thinking about that a lot. I'm like, I don't think a lot of the major heroes have like the secret identity thing going on. I think that's very much like very specific characters and it's really not that many of them. So I really do. And I really do like uh, uh, the bits that have to deal with um, from 37 and 38 that have to deal with her struggling to reconcile like both of her lives and um she's so young and that's why it always reminds me of spider-man because it's like peter parker had to deal with a lot of that and i think that the the two differ because she peter parker was built up from the beginning to have that parker luck and she doesn't necessarily have that she really has to work hard at uh bringing the two parts of her life together and that's kind of why i like 38 is like it isn't like the most definitive ending, but it is like, it does touch upon a lot of the things that the whole series has talked about. And so I, I did really like that. It also kind of reminded me a tiny bit of Scott Pilgrim, which is like totally my jam because I'm almost 30. And so millennial culture says that I must love Scott Pilgrim. I do love Scott Pilgrim, but it, rem <laughs> it reminds me a lot of, of that. Um, but I think it fits like her story. And yeah, so I really did like both issues. Um, I think one of the things artistically that I always really liked about the series is that Alfana, I think did establish what, ms marvel was gonna look like and i think that they really i think marvel did a great job at bringing in artists who kind of understood that and i think herring constantly coloring it did a huge um service to the series i think i think a lot of the time we um we think of the writer and the artist we don't really think of the colorist and i think herring coming in and coloring all these different artists i think that he brought something so unique to the series that didn't matter who the artist was he was still going to come in and bring like that specific style to the book and I, I i don't know of many um marvel or dc books that were drawn by many different people that still retain the same style so i think that's really important to point out like when you're looking at the uh, um kamala khan's like history as a whole because it wasn't just 38 issues it was a lot of other things and then so it 
I, I think like his contribution can't be stressed enough. Like I think like what he did was so special and it, it's, it's felt throughout the entire series. Yeah, I totally agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, this, and, and that's like, that was even the interesting thing, like reading um, like 38 and seeing all these different, um, different artists and still, and still hearing color, coloring them all, how, like, you know, you jump between um, like, like, like Miyazawa stands out pretty, pretty distinctly. Um, but like, other than that, like the, the, the style just kind of like continues, like everything just kind of look kind of continues um, in like a really, really pretty and like succinct way. And I think, yeah, like herring, herring goes a long way to like doing that. I, I love this book and, and I'm sad that I'm sad that this chapter of it is ending, but I'm excited for, for what, for what comes next. Um, and I hope that it's able to retain its same level of, of just like happiness and, and optimism and just sort of like, not like separatedness from the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe, but like still really hones in and, and centers around um, Kamala's relationship with all of, all of her, like all of the, her characters, like her family and her friends, all of these people that know her secret identity and that love her and that one was best for her and yada, yada. Yeah, there's also um, one page at the very end uh, after the page that has the letter from uh, everybody, and it's drawn by Nico Leon. Oh, sorry, not Le- Nico Leon. It's drawn by Ian Herring. That's what I meant to say, uh, which oh, is cool. Okay. Yeah, because he's never drawn any of it. Oh, okay. I was wondering why that was there because yeah. it seemed kind of it seemed kind of odd, but. If it was drawn by, and you know, because it's kind of like in a, it's like in a very different style than the rest of the book. But okay, that makes more sense that if it was drawn by Herring, then um, it's fun. It's fun that he got to yeah. add something mm-hmm. to this, to this, to the end of this book. I'm really glad he got to do that because I, I, I really do think that his contribution is so important to like Ms. Marvel. Like when I, and then when I think of like Ms. Marvel, I think of like, I think of his colors, which I don't necessarily think of that with a lot of other superhero, like corporate superheroes at least. But like when I think of Ms. Marvel, I think of a very distinct style that doesn't always come through with the line work. It comes through the color work. Yeah. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, this book's been wonderful. It's a wonderful book. It'll be wonderful to continue to revisit in the next months or years or however long it's been it's a gift it's treasure and i i'm happy that it got to end on its own terms in a wonderful in a wonderful way and yeah yeah agreed (laughs) it's definitely one of my favorite runs of all time yeah 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 Yeah. for sure and and i'm I'm really excited to see uh salad and abed come in and maybe do something different. I mean, I kind of wish another woman was writing the character, but I can't complain about him because he's great. And I think he's going to have a very unique viewpoint that I think, uh, G Willow Wilson brought to the character. So I'm, I'm here for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm so glad that like she's leaving and Marvel's like, no, this character is really important. Let's keep this going. That's, that's, that's good to me. That's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I 100% agree with that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And speaking of, and so speaking of Ahmed taking over, so looking ahead to March, looking ahead to next month, uh, we do have the debut of of Saladin Ahmed and Miku Young's uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel. We have more War of the Realms lead-ins. Uh, we have the beginning of the of Nick Spencer's first Spider-Man event uh, with Hunted. Uh, we have the debut of the Age of Conan Belit series, Spider-Man Life Story from Zdarsky, continuing his I'm no, not a comedian, no more phase. And then Meet the Scrolls and Domino Hotshots also debuting and coming out, along with a ton of other books and titles and things. Um, so look ahead to that when we come back the third Friday of March and our new time and our new time slot. But until then, uh, Jess, Nick, where can people find you on the larger interwebs? So I'm on Twitter at N Palmary writes. Nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, just cam and I might tweet about hot boyfriend here and there if you're interested in that, but it's mostly just um, wrestling and comics. Uh, sometimes there's comics, but it's mostly just me tweeting loudly about wrestling. So <laughs> it's, the, it's the, trini- the trinity of wrestling, hot boyfriend, and it's comics. It's good. It's good. It's the holy trinity. The true holy trinity. It's the, the holiest of <laughs> <Thank> trinities. <you. laughs> even. You're welcome. Absolutely. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at KBGregory13. We'll be back the third Friday of March with more Marvel news, reviews, and other content. So we will see you then.